This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. League two. Is it over? We've just had to play the longest intro ever. Uh, welcome back to the Real EFL podcast uh, for game week five. Yeah, Liam's saying five. Thanks, Liam. It's game um, we, five, but is it not game week four? Because it was oh, a double I don't game know. week. Ra- round, five, round five, game round week five. four, because we had uh, midweeks a few weeks ago. Uh, it's it's Sunday night. It, it is. I'm, I'm really happy. I I, I wasn't this. sure whether like post 606, because you do the 606 phone-in thing for lower league love mm. on the Sunday night. I wasn't sure whether you were going to be drained and exhausted or no. rejuvenated with full of League Two enthusiasm and joie de vivre. Anna, I have ADHD. <laughs> I am always switched on and ready. Here's the thing. My mind is full of all the knowledge from the 606. I am <laughs> a fountain of information of what happened at the weekend, if we're talking about Swindon or Doncaster. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, we're joined today by uh, Stephen Webb, who is, we're very inclusive on the podcast. He's a Grimsby fan. Uh, so it's like a care in the community project, is this? It's like it's like the Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> Even the, um... one, of, one of the things we said to him this week before when we were preparing was like, "Oh, listen to the six oh six, but don't believe everything that they say because." Well, yeah, I did a lot of it to wind folk up. Yeah, well, I, I, I just listened. It's a excellent listen, uh, very good work, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I think the enthusiasm probably from you, Liam, has come from the kilo bag of sweets you've just shown me that you have. So, you know, there's three kilos. Three, three, three kilos. kilos. Sorry. Yeah, three three kilos. kilos. It hurts to lift. Yeah. And given <laughs> that you, you started on them last week, so how many kilograms do you reckon you've got through in a week? So- but no, so I started on them last Sunday, last Monday when we recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I left. I, I at the end, I thought, do I have, do I carry a three kilo bag upstairs mm-hmm. in my kitchen? 
No, I don't. So I've not touched <laughs> them since Monday. So oh, I've right, still got I've going. still got two point nine kilo to go. I feel sick already. Um I've had three energy drinks, two slush puppies, and a cocktail. Excellent. Um, I've um in honor of it being Sunday, I've got fake wine. That's it's bank holiday tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I, know, I don't drink, do I? So this is as good as it gets. Oh, I'm going to right. Bruce Festival tomorrow, though. That's oh, my... is it at, at, at Basque? Yeah. Bank holiday I, Monday treat. I am quite jealous that you're going to a crisp festival, and I would like to go. Yeah, I'll um I'll send photos. It's crisp butties, which I think is really clever on their part, because then people like fill themselves up with the bread and eat fewer crisps yeah. so ben is going to go bankrupt i'm also going to costco in the morning so i've got a really exciting day planned tomorrow <laughs> sounds like my ideal day um <laughs> oh well it's the yesterday was the day it was <laughs> I, I mean for some teams it was the day some well, teams it was some teams it was a horrible ending for other teams it was a Day win day. that felt like a loss. And then, yeah, for others, it was Aboisa doing Aboisa things, but no win once again. No, no. We'll come on to that, <laughs> I'm sure. Yes, we will. Right. So, go on. You felt like you were going to say something then. I always no, feel like I'm going to say something. I'll put together with a drumstick lolly. <laughs> no, it's just a stick. There's no lolly. It's just a I stick. I'm chewing this. Yeah, it, I, I feel like... It, I feel like a cowboy. I feel like John Wayne, like with his toothpick. <laughs> flick it at someone later on. Um, All right. I, I divvied up the games this week. Normally Liam does it and he's not Liam, Ryan. And he's very, uh, I, I feel like very just diplomatic. Whereas I just did that. You know, when you're at school and they go one, two, three, right? Hannah, you're all the ones. Yeah. I think that Stephen was the twos. I can't remember. But either way, I gave him a. Uh, and I looked at it, I was like, what, why, on, why on earth haven't I put more thoughts into this? Because we'll be yes. starting <laughs> with Wimbledon 1, Forest Green 1. No, yeah. and swift, time, and moving really, swiftly you know. on. Mm. <laughs> well, right. I mean, th there's some interesting things in there. Wimbledon now yeah. fifth, which I don't think, when we talked about their prospects at the beginning of the season, I think we had them for mid-table possibly at risk so they are doing a lot better I'll, i was saying to um claire earlier on there's loads of players that were outstanding last season who just haven't i don't know maybe haven't hit their stride Al, ali ahmadi at wimbledon is one of those Troy Deeney scored his his first goal he came on as a substitute for matt stevens in about two-thirds of the way through what was interesting, what though, was that although it was pretty equal in terms of possession, Wimbledon were clearly the more dominant team. They had 22 shots versus Forest Green's eight. Mm -hmm. And that takes Wimbledon to 10 games without a loss, which bear is really impressive. Well, bear in mind, towards the end of last season, I went on, I think I mentioned it last week, I went on one of their Twitter spaces. Mm -hmm. and they believed they were going to get dragged in that relegation battle. And yeah. since I sat on there and said, you are in no danger of being relegated, for some reason, their fans think I dislike them. And, I, and <laughs> they've, got a, they've got a real hatred for me personally. And I don't know why, because I went in there and said, you're too good to go down. But they were yeah. adamant they weren't. And it's like, well, hang on, we're, on, we're both on the wrong side of the fence here. 
but they, for some reason they don't like me. And now we're in this position where they're fifth in the league. And like I said, they've not lost in 10. They, they look strong. Absolutely not lost this season, have they? I think, are they, the, are they no. Mansfield and Swindon? Mansfield, Swindon and Wimbledon, the only three teams in the league not to have a loss against their name yet. That's mad. Yeah, and they're on they're on nine points with a plus five, plus five. goal yeah. difference. So yeah, really good starts the season for them. Not necessarily something that anyone was expecting. They've got Ryan Johnson and Jay Lewis, who both came from Stockport County in the summer. Jay Lewis mm-hmm. is on long loan. Ryan Johnson's gone as a I think on, on a free. And whether that's helped in terms of a kind of a solid back. But yeah. Slightly. So are we, are we saying then that they're too good to not go up now? Is that going to be the new controversy? <laughs> no, that's not going that far. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I'm sure whatever I say, it'll be taken out of context, <laughs> and I'll be given some abuse for it in some way, and I'll thrive on it, and I'll lean into it, and I'll tweet it out as they <laughs> they'll take it out of context and say that I meant something and then I'll tweet it out meaning that anyway just to give them the full context because I I can be a bit of an ass like that. Oh there's this explicit warning gone. Uh, <laughs> I said I, I said ass like lean into that. Like it's it's nighttime and yeah so just it's context. We don't control whether the podcast how the podcast is rated and last, don't know what day it would have been, Tuesday, I said to Charlotte, have you listened to the podcast? Because she'd done all the work for it. Charlotte's 10 on Tuesday. And she said, oh, no, I couldn't because I've set their parental controls up so they can't listen to explicit stuff. And so, yeah, that's how we worked out that we had an explicit rating on Spotify. So there we go. And that's it gone for this week. So, yeah, on to <laughs> Barrow and Wrexham. <laughs> Barrow and Wrexham. Let's go. Was yeah, that, one Show us what you can do. Yeah, well, I've, I've obviously, you know, I'm coming and I want to try and hit all of the sort of football cliche bingo. So, game of two halves, really oh, was. Um, I don't really know what happened with this one. It, it was all Wrexham to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, listening to the uh, 606 that you just did, Liam, as well, there was a, a Barrow fan on there called Ronan who kind of put it quite nicely, really. He said that, Probably a fair result in the end. I think that Barrow just couldn't get out of their own half in, in the first half and won a penalty. I've, I've seen a few people say that it was maybe a bit harsh, but I think looking back at it, Oli Palmer does well. He's just kind of his bread and butter being strong in the box and drawing fouls. Yeah. And Yeah, it looked like it was just going to be maybe a, a bit of a romping for, for Wrexham. But again, they just can't quite seem to master this league just yet. I know it's early doors and they're pretty new mm-hmm. to the division, but Barrow came back well. Pete Wilde um, obviously wow. got into them at half-time and they come back really well. I think it was, um, you know, Phil Parkinson probably said, um, it, you know, it was a good performance overall, but I think when you're 1-0 up and you're dominating so much in the first half, you've you've got to find that second goal. And, you, you know, th- well, I think they're, what, five games in now, scored 14, let in 14. They are... You know, again, I've got my bingo sheet here. You couldn't write it. You couldn't, a script writer could not make this up, but they did draw 1-1 with Barrow. It's not a bad point uh, on the road, I suppose, but yeah. I think I'd, it is I'd... for Wrexham, though, personally. I, I think Wrexham going into this season, drawing at teams like Barrow. Mm. Bar- let's be honest, Barrow... They're a non-league setup. They're a good side, but they're a non-league yeah. setup. Wrexham are used to going to clubs 
that look like that and that have that set up and dominating. I think yeah. yesterday was probably as much of a culture shock as the opening game with MK Dons because they knew they were going up against a League One side last season. Um, whereas this, say, they, they, they were going up against a side that has recently come out of that National League yeah. and has mm-hmm. recently done that step up that they did. And it's a testament to how far Barrow have come since they came up and what the actual, you know, Barrow have made steps but are still not getting out of this league. Wrexham, I think it will have really shocked them to show what Barrow have actually done as a club. And yeah, Pete Wilde is just Pete Wilde, isn't it? And their goal wasn't in open play either with a pen. Like, I mean, Elliot Lee, again, I don't, that, that's got to be four or five. Five and five, yeah. He's had a great yeah. start for the season. But yeah, mm-hmm. Emil Aqua with the equaliser. And he, yeah. he looks, you know, he, he looks like a good bit of business, doesn't he? he yeah. Lovely and they've finish. added Don Telford to that, to that lineup as well. So to yeah. add Don Telford, and, and I think, I mean, look, let's be brutally honest here. Crawl or Wagme, let's not blame Crawley, it's the Wagme side of things. I think they've really dropped the ball with Don Telford here because, mm-hmm. he, look, he was on four grand a week. He's gone to Barrow. It looks like he's on about two thousand pounds. But Crawley is still paying the other two. Yeah. So. I don't that. So essentially, well, there's a lot about he, he's local, isn't he? Isn't he from Lancaster? Or he's from Clitheroe. Yeah, he's right. from Clitheroe. But when we interviewed him when he first signed for Crawley, he bought a house. Like he wasn't renting. He bought a house mm-hmm. in Crawley. So. For him to move to the team furthest away from Crawley, yeah, is that's quite a. I mean, look, they operate out of Manchester, so it's a little bit yeah. different. But yeah. and he can he can just go back to living. You know, he's got family. He's, he'll be seeing his family every weekend, so it's or every day to be fair, because he's he's back up this way. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm guessing he's been paid out up front by Crawley, mm-hmm. and he's paid off the mortgage of the house that he bought with it right. and he's renting it out. That's that's the only thing I can think of because surely clubs down there were in for him. Surely clubs down there were in for yeah. him as well because he's passed every club in the league to get to Barrow. Mm. You, you, Stockport needed him. Stockport needed a, a, a Dom Telford right now. Bradford needed mm. a Dom Telford right now. None of us but maybe that maybe the Barrow were the only ones that asked. That's what I mean. Uh, but you yeah, but as his age, you think as his agent, his agent yeah, gets out on him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Yeah. What a what a sign what a transfer window for Barrow again. Right. The Barrow fan did say though that they've spent all their budget, including their January budget this window. Oh right, so that's it now. Yeah, so that's that's kinda if something goes wrong now. Yeah. Yeah, up in ninth at the moment, but it is early days. But yeah, if they, if they get yeah. into sort of, uh, if you get a bad little run in around Christmas and then mm. need a reinforcement or injuries occur, then you do maybe fair for them. But yeah, I, you yeah. know, it, it was a it was a good performance against what are supposed to be a team that you know should be kind of rolling them over really. So I think yeah, definitely good point. Uh, Phil Parkinson in the running for first manager to go in the league. I mean, I'll hand over to the Bradford guy for the. <laughs> I love they'd be Parkinson mad to, personally. I think they'd be mad to, but they, they would be mad to. Um, here's right. So here's my thoughts on it. I love Phil Parkinson. To be talking about sacking managers at this stage is is mad, but unfortunately, it's kind of a cutthroat 
way that mm-hmm. football is right now. The managers get sacked early. Um, there's not much we can do. I don't think Phil Parkinson will, purely because I think if Wrexham were going to sack him, he'd have been sacked when he failed to get them promoted the first time with the big budget. Right. Because that for me, yeah, that for me was inexcusable. That was a sackable. That was something that, I mean, how much money did they throw at that season? Mm -hmm. He should have walked that league. Right. Yeah. He walked, well, they didn't even walk the league the second time because Notts County obviously pushed them to the very end. For me, their form right now is poor, but I think them not going up that first season, that 21 22 season, was more of a sackable offence than this right now and I thought mm-hmm. look by the sounds of things Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have kind of pinned everything to Phil Parkinson publicly they've been so complimentary of him yeah. I think if they sacked him now it'd just be a huge contradiction to everything that yeah. they've said and they don't need to sack him let's be honestly let's be honest with this they don't they don't need to go up this season if they want this Disney documentary to be what it is a failure this season is a good thing because if it's just promotion after promotion after promotion, mm. it's boring. It does get boring. It's just, oh, what are they going to do? They're going to throw more money at it and they're going to get promoted. There needs to be a struggle and there needs to be a story. And if if he's providing that and they're still within touching distance or they're picking up points and scoring goals, and if Disney are happy and the sponsors are happy because of the numbers, then so be it. The, the, the real Wrexham fans are just happy to be back in the league. It's making yeah. everyone happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. season four of Welcome to Wrexham. A few main characters need to die, don't they? You're just going to keep it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, who's going to take the Iron Throne? Ollie exactly, Palmer sat yeah. on the Iron Throne. Um, but yeah, do you know what? I wonder who's going to retire tomorrow. <laughs> See what happens. The announcement's coming, isn't it? So, uh, Bradford Crew, which did not, contrary to all our predictions last week, end to all with. Drysdale causing all manner of shenanigans. He had a really good game. Darren Drysdale had a really good game. And do you know what? When I say he had a really good game, it wasn't biased towards either team. There were mistakes. Mm -hmm. There were mistakes for both sides. And I think that's just because he hates both clubs equally. So it was nice and easy for him to do so. Um, What I'll say is the teams that have conceded two against Crew this season, how they were shocking. I d- they didn't look like scoring until we made them look like a, a team that could. Like we don't know why we do it again. One nil, we went one nil up, and we all turned to each other and we went, "We're going to go defensive here." Mm-hmm. We're, we're one nil up away from uh, sorry at home, and we're going to sit on a one nil lead, and we we did. It worked this time. It wasn't again. I'm going to use your cliche. It was a game of two halves. <laughs> uh, first half. We were, it was like a hangover from Morecambe. Players you could see were very, very worried about making mistakes and being that one that would that would cost us. The fans were on edge waiting for it to happen. But, you know, I spoke to Jamie Walker when he first came in, when I was down with the mascots and he came in and he met all the little kids and stuff. And I just said, we've missed you. And he, you know, he laughed and he said he's back. He'd had injections in his ankle and you know, he pops up with a goal. Just mm-hmm. what he does. Again, he was busy yesterday. He was absolutely everywhere. He's still, he's that one player that we can look. A lot of games will get an eight and nine, 10 out of 10 from Jamie Walker. 
we don't always get an eight, a nine, or a ten, but we never get below a seven. Mm-hmm. So we we know we're getting that at least that seven out of ten every week from him, and sometimes he pushes and we get that bit extra. And it all depends on how Mark Hughes sets up. But the formation was sloppy yesterday. It confused. We don't have the players to play the formation, mm. um, so it is confusing. From the crew side of things, I just I didn't see anything about them that made me go. How was um, Mickey Demetria? Because he's had again another one with a really good start to the season. No, nothing about. Genuinely, like we didn't look phased. They had a few opportunities where Harry Lewis saved us, but it, it was it was one of those. It was so frustrating because we were just backing off, and it was giving them mm-hmm. the chance. You know, they took the chances and they were very, very good shots. And they put in yeah. on another day. And given how our form has been, I wouldn't have been surprised to see them sneak in. Mm-hmm. But they didn't create them themselves. Like we allowed it to happen. And I, I honestly, Dimitri, he was absent. It was it was, was non existent. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you a single player for crew yesterday that stood out for me. Um, yeah. Because they've obviously scored two goals every game they've played this season and they've obviously got something about them going yeah. forward. Was it no, it I think it's down to I think I think they've been found out. I feel like they everyone who's gone 2 0 up against them has taken the foot off the gas and just gone, We're done, we're home. Crew were bad last season. And I think a lot of people mm. expected them to be bad this season. And they've obviously got something about them, but they just didn't show it yesterday. I think people kind of went 2-0 up and thought, this is it, it's done. We're going to steamroll them. And they were shocked. I think we knew what they could do. We played uh, we played ugly. It, it didn't suit them. They, they looked frustrated on the ball. There was just There was just nothing. The substitutions didn't seem very inspired i spoke to the crew fans that were outside afterwards and they were just they just kind of looked deflated and i, I feel like they felt they were going to get so much more but joe and i said to you the other week hannah when we came to play you i said i don't believe that we'll beat stockport but there's no better time for us to come to stockport than yeah. the form they're in now there was no better time for crew to come and play bradford yeah and we yeah it just it was a bit disappointing to see them perform the way they did because we didn't by any stretch perform well if we'd have come up against anyone with anything about them we'd have we'd have probably lost um but you know two at home undefeated at home yeah. i'm i'm i'll take it we don't we don't usually get that sort of form at home so we'll i'll, I'll stick with it i'm happy Apart from what was that start from a couple of weeks ago about your first winning your first two league games at home and it, Every is it year. something like this? It, or is it, it's it every year since? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's weird is that we're what we're, in, we're nearly in September and it's only our second home game of the season. It was. I was mm. talking to a few of the staff members at the club on Saturday before the game and I said, is this our second game? Like, yeah, it feels like the season's mm. been going for so much longer. Yeah. You know, we've... We've had four away games, including the cup. Five yeah, tomorrow, so out of seven seven games of the season, first like five of those seven have been away from home. Oh, sorry, seven yeah. Tuesday. Sorry, we're going. It's not Monday, is it? No, no, it's not. It's Monday. Right. So moving on. 
Mm. I gave myself the pleasure, I didn't do this intentionally, of Gillingham and Colchester, which I don't think any, anyone could have predicted. So before Saturday, Gillingham were at the top. They'd won every game 1-0. Colchester were rock bottom with their game in hand after the, the Swindon Colchester, uh, yeah, after that was postponed at the beginning of the season, but on zero points. And it was nil-nil going into half time. There was nothing to suggest that the scoreline was going to be how it was. Even across the game, when you look at the stats, Gillingham had 58% of possession like across the game, but somehow Colchester won 3-0. So at it being nil-nil, Junior Chamado, who was another one on the stunning players from last season who just haven't found their stride was subbed off somewhat of an altercation with Ben Garner on the sideline now Junior Chamado is someone that from the beginning of the season and even in pre-season we were saying he's not gonna be there for much longer I wonder whether he has been priced out to a certain degree in terms of Colchester have put a value on him that other people aren't willing to meet. He has been linked with, I think, Ipswich at the end of last season, going to the preseason, Stoke, uh, Peterborough, but he's still where he is at the moment. So um, Gillingham were better in the first half, I think. Uh, but Shadrach Ogi has been brilliant coming in to this game and, and for their first four games is clearly out of form. And, you know, we'll talk a lot. I mean, we've already talked about Phil Parkinson. It's re absolutely ridiculous that Gillingham fans are calling for Neil Harris's head and yeah, they've lost one game. They're still second. They're joint top on terms of points with Milton Keynes, uh, Milton Keynes, MK Dons. Milton Keynes Dons? I don't know where that came from. It's late. It's quarter past ten now. But, yeah, I mean, and also shenanigans in the week with Gillingham and their car accident. But I think all of them played Apart that was from... just a sign of things to come, wasn't it? A car crash in the week for a car crash on the weekend. Yeah, so an, an interesting one. I don't think it's, I think it's just a, a blip. But, yeah. you know, it might give them a bit of humility because some of the fans were getting a bit They needed it. They needed yeah. it. Um, on the on the Tramado thing, I... So watching the video, it looks like he went, he came off and he said something as he's walked past Garner. Mm -hmm. And he, he was going to sit on the bench and then Garner's kind of squared up to him a bit and then he stormed off down the tunnel. Do you think for him, it's it's more, uh, I mean, you've got to imagine what he said to Garner. And I think if you, if you put like a, a logical head on it, it's probably mm -hmm. a case of he knows he's too big for this level or he knows he's too yeah. good for Colchester and he's getting subbed off. Yeah. And and in my head, the conversation was something along the lines of, if you want to keep me, why are you stopping me off at, exactly, yeah. you know, at this point in the game at nil-nil? And 
yeah, maybe, maybe he is absolutely on his way out. I mean, the the fans are very much in the camp of let him go before it causes any yeah, more cash in. unrest and discontent, which you know I get completely. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, should we have a little ad break? Let's have an ad break. Away days are great, especially when your striker bags a last minute winner. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now, back to the podcast. Right, let's go to Harrogate and Morecambe, Stephen. Yeah, so Simon Weaver's men getting a 2-0 win against Morecambe. Um, obviously, your best mate, Derek Adams. Uh, quite a few excuses after the game for him. He felt there was a few contentious decisions. I think a blatant handball for a penalty made it 1-0 to Harrogate. And then a bit of a weird one where there was a bit of a 50-50 challenge and it was uh, Farron Rawson, who had already been booked, then got a second yellow. Very weird yeah, it looked a bit odd. I couldn't really figure out exactly what had happened, but the ref seemed pretty sure. And, and from that resulting free kick, um, you know, I think it was um, George Thompson just curls one in. Really nice free kick. Looked pretty comfortable in the end. I think, like I say, Adams after the game was quite adamant that things had gone against them. And if they'd have scored two, it would have been 2-2. Two, two. And if they'd have scored three, they'd have got all three points. But, you know, it's um, it, it Harrogate looked quite energetic and quite up for this one. And, I don't know if they're going to necessarily sort of bloody a few noses this season, but I don't think it's a great place to go. I think a few teams will struggle there because of their sort of like high energy and high pressing. So, yeah, I, I like what I see from them, really. I don't know. Like I say, I don't know if they're going to finish in much higher than maybe the top half. But what have you guys sort of made of Harrogate so far this season? I know they're... Similar. They've been kind of in an some surprising results i think whether luke armstrong stays will be the making of them or not he played he scored penalty on saturday so and it has often been on the score sheet since he uh, since the first game that he missed i i don't know i don't know whether you've heard liam of anywhere that the but was, was the valuation about 500 grand last week uh, they said I don't know about the valuation, but I've I've been told quite confidently um, that Stockport have had talks. 
Yeah, it may, I mean, Hannah's not happy sense. about that because it's well, no, no, no. no. Like I to talk about Stockport. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about Stockport. Uh, it would be lovely. He apparently is, and, and I think we talked about this before. His dad played in the nineties and is a bit of a club legend. Yeah, and he feels like he doesn't want to come in in his dad's shadow. Now, I think that actually that would be an asset to him. I think he would arrive with instant goodwill and affection from the people of Stockport given his heritage and and his dad's legacy but I equally understand that he wants to make his own way and his own shape his own career we need a striker I don't think he's a Stockport player though I don't think he's a I don't think you play that way you're you're not miss, like you've got Wooten to come back, and and I I get that you're missing Wooten at the minute, but I don't feel that you missing Wooten is the main issue for you right oh, now. Oh no, and and Wooten cannot be Plan A, B, C, and D, no. which there is a real risk. I mean, what's to say that he doesn't come back in September, October, gets I don't know, breaks his leg in the first game, and yeah. then. And Woods is going to want to come back and be first as well. Ne- neither neither Wooten or Armstrong are going to settle for not being the first. And you've got to think if the two very similar styles of players in terms of size, mm-hmm. Armstrong knows that he's got his pick of clubs this window. Yeah. Why would yeah. he go to a place where he's not guaranteed to be that starter? No, but same back? at Wrexham. That put yeah. Mullins going to be back in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's and why I think on... that we've not seen him move yet. That's why I don't think he's moving. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like all the clubs that have come in are all clubs that have a Luke Armstrong injured yeah. and waiting to come back. And well, right. I, I honestly, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed until January. I get that, but at the same time, when he came back to Harrogate, that was the deal that he would be able to move on. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, we'll see. It, the, the ball is very much likely to be in his court, I think, probably yeah. rather than. And that's a lovely, empowered position to be for him. So. And I suppose as well, it's about whether he feels like, again, the clubs that are coming in for him are the right fit for him. Are they, are they crying out for a, a Luke Armstrong? And. Stockport are crying out for one, but they've got one who's coming back very soon. Wrexham have got one who's coming back very soon. It's not that it's not a club who doesn't have it and are playing the style that would really allow him to thrive and he can come in and be that guy. Bradford, we don't have that. We don't have that big man. No. We've got Andy Cook who's shown that he can be, you know, he can score goals in the air and he has shown that he can score them with his feet. But I I always remember like my favourite time watching Bradford, and it's not even the Premier League days, it's the Bradford, Naki Wells, James Hansen, big man, small man. I'd love to see that, and I think Armstrong offers that. I feel like it's going to probably be a club that we don't expect if it is one, one that's not been mentioned. Because mm-hmm. if Wrexham are interested, and if Stockport have made, co- have made contact, and MK Dons have made contact, he'd have moved. If, he was, if it was genuine interest from them, and He'd go, wouldn't he? He's not going to stay at Harrogate over no. those teams. No offence to Harrogate, but he would just well, leave. Is he good enough for League One? 
I think he um, again for the right team. Yeah, it, at Stevenage, mm. Leighton Orient. Orient are yeah. struggling now. Is Orient are. is a team where he can go. Orient need yeah. to play. Let's be brutally honest here. Armstrong thrives in ugly football. Mm -hmm. That it, it is ugly football in it that, that that you play when you have that big man. It's not fluid passing on the floor. It's getting that ball into that box and letting the big man win it. Mm -hmm. Orient needs some ugly wins right now. I don't know. So, MK Dons and Doncaster. Is that yours, Liam? Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> we saw Doncaster fall to a, a, another another loss, which again, I don't think anyone's shocked by when you look at this five six games that they've got coming. I still don't think McCann, if he picks up no wins out of this five six games, I still don't think he he, he stays at Doncaster. Whether he's sacked or whether he walks, I, I don't know, but. Um, it seems to be first half again. Game of two halves. It's, that's going to be the title of this episode. He, um, we need a buzzer, like for... he. Um, that's full house for me. It is. <laughs> so he um he played a, a one formation in the first half, switched it up in the second half, and he went to a four three three. It looks like in the second half, and they, they were the better side in the second half. Luke Molyneux, who I still maintain, if they play yeah. the right football. He's their best player. We mm -hmm. saw what he could do at Hartlepool. He was phenomenal. Yeah. On Saturday in the second half, they played his foundation and he was out on the right-hand side where he always where he's always best. He cut in. He scored an absolute worldie, which is what he was doing for Hartlepool. Mm -hmm. He nearly got a second, which was, again, cut in, smashed in. It just went wide. I think that he... I think he could be key to them. But the, the thing for me is going into this Saturday is Grant McCann... If he starts a 4-3-3, then it shows he's learning. If he goes back to the formation that he started with on mm -hmm. Saturday, then what's the point? Yeah. Just show it's, it's stubbornness. Um, MK Dons looked great. Let me I'll be brutally honest, they, they could have been three or four up at half time. Uh Mo Isa looks so dangerous at this level. Mm -hmm. Uh the Isa household is thriving this this season. Yes. It's beautiful to see. Um but yeah, I, I just think look, we know how we know how Graham Alexander is as a manager. We know yeah. the style of football he plays. We know that Graham Alexander is too good for this level. He's got MK Dons already in such a short time. He has turned them from being an absolute calamity car crash of a side into a real worry for everyone that's gonna mm -hmm. come up against him. No one wants to play MK Dons. No. Um and yeah, Donnie and Ting. At the bottom of the table, from five, one draw and four losses, I think. Yeah. Is Grant no. McCann going to be the first manager to go in League Two? Potentially. And that's that's the risk. And what, like, I, when we did the six or six tonight, I said to the Doncaster fans, they, they were like, you know, we've got to get to 10 games. I said, okay, so the next five games, these are the five yeah. that we've said, doesn't look like you're going to get any points from. Uh -huh. If after ten games you're, they said it'll be it'd be it'd be ridiculous to sack Grant McCann. If after ten games you're sat on one point, how can you defend that? You can't defend mm -hmm. being sat on one point after ten games. No manager in the world can justify yeah. it. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, do you think he could be the first to go? <sighs> no, it's tricky to say, really. I think that they've had a woeful start. And yeah. I'm very much of the mindset whereby, you know, 23rd place Sutton are seven points off Accrington Stanley, who are in automatic promotion spot. So I don't think it pays to sort of get too ahead of anything at the minute. But five games in, I don't know if Donny have scored many goals, maybe one or two in the five games. They're leaking goals. They're on a minus eight goal difference. Yeah, it doesn't look great, does it? And I, and I think as well, it's it's a tricky decision for the board because on paper, I don't think he's a terrible manager, but we were speaking before about, you know, possibly replacing managers. Who's who's maybe going to come in there, do you think? like who, Who's the kind of... Who's who's next best man up for Doncaster to come in and change that around? There isn't anyone. No, but it's but it's this it's this thing with their fans where they just they are very they expected so much from this season. Um, my worry is that from a board level, the board have clearly put some money in this season. Can the board sustain that to a second season in League Two? Because we could see a Crawley situation where after see if he's still here at the end of season one, they slash his budget. And at that point, he then can't push on. Um, he has to cut back. Are they banking on going up and being able to maintain that budget as a League One club and push on from there? Uh, Doncaster's board can be very, very trigger happy. And their fans can be so fickle. Fans are already calling for him to go. He was the messiah. Yeah. A month ago, he was he was the best thing. Less than a month ago, what is it? Three and a half weeks ago, he was the messiah at this level, and there are already fans calling for his head because they believe they should be up there. Yeah, it, it's so reactive, and like I say, you know, it it is too early to probably be talking about it. But you know, a couple of wins, you, you know, you're talking about these midweek games that are creeping in now as well. Within the space of a fortnight, you can be back up in playoff contention and. All is forgotten again. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see them. Okay, man. I'll take back everything I've said there. <laughs> this, is, this, is the thing. Yeah. this is the thing. The games aren't getting easier. They've got Swindon no. this Saturday. So it's it's the it's the best goal difference in the league versus the worst. There's a 15 goal swing in the goal difference between these two. There are always goals in Swindon and Doncaster games. Doncaster are probably going to win this two one, <laughs> <laughs> but. On paper, this should be a 5-6-0 win for Swindon. It should be. Doncaster are in turmoil. If if Swindon smashed Doncaster this week, I think a lot of those Doncaster fans who are saying that it's ridiculous to consider McCann going, they will have to change their tune because they have got worse than last season. They've got a lot worse. They were nowhere near this position last year and they were so disappointed about where they were and the managers needed to go. And they were talking, one of them tonight spoke about uh, how they went to Crawley and they, they snuck a one-all draw. I'm like, you'd love a, you'd love to sneak a one-all draw right now. Like we're at a point where uh, Gary McSheffrey and Danny Schofield are the aspiration right now yeah. for Doncaster in terms of results. They want that points for game. And they're just not getting it. I don't know what's going to happen. It's good. Yeah. Right now, Grant McCann is 
There's a, there's a couple that Grant McCann's up there in terms of what might happen. It shouldn't happen, but it might. Yeah. Where do you kind of sit with it, Hannah? I mean, obviously, it's likely the form book says that Swindon will beat them. If you do lose a game that you're kind of supposed to maybe lose by the form book, do you think you pull the trigger then on McCann or do you give him another couple of weeks and let him try and rectify it? The form book means nothing at the moment in this league, though. Like, True. genuinely, there is no one. And this will go on to Stockport and, and Mansfield in a minute. The One of the only reassuring things at the moment is that there is no one who is invincible. No one is running away. Everyone is dropping points. There are mm. erratic, bonkers results every single week of the seasons and yes we're only four weeks in but yeah so I think yeah Grant McCann since he all all five games or whatever after every game he's asked for patience and he very much thinks that he's got the tools he's talked about you know that the players need to be at full fitness and that you know they, they need to gel and they've had so many come in you cut you as Liam says, you can't get to 10 games and still be saying that. So I, I think... I don't understand. Sorry, just on that, Hannah, before we move on to that. Him to he does keep saying about they need to be at full mm. fitness. What were they doing in pre-season? Right. Because <laughs> Doncaster did all their business early. Yeah. They were the yeah. first club. They, I think they've made eight or nine signings before. Yeah, they went very clubs. early. So what were they doing? What on mm. earth? They're doing in pre-season how are these players not fit because yeah. we all knew how hard this league was going to be mm -hmm. and and looking at it the thing is as well watching the highlights and looking at what and hearing what donny fans are saying it ain't a fitness issue the players don't yeah. look unfit the players aren't running out of steam and just getting played they're making stupid mistakes they're falling yeah. over they're not passing the ball correctly it was on Saturday, watching the watching the highlights of that game, it was like watching a League Two side against a National League side. They mm -hmm. looked amateur. And mm -hmm. he's every week he keeps saying the same things. Yeah. And what's he doing in training to rectify that? Because yeah, I, I don't. I, the fitness thing baffles me, and I, I cannot. It, it infuriates me because. I just thought that's you've just had a you've just had a, a full preseason of yeah. just full fitness, and we're we're now talking about how players aren't fit. And maybe the impetus will be other movement in the league, like um, Charlton have sacked their manager today, so it's kind of the first one. As Steve Evans is potentially going to Hibs there starts to be movement and there starts to be vacancies and you know, so maybe someone comes in and says, oh, actually, Grant McCann isn't doing very well. Maybe he's ready for a move. And I think that as, as much as anything will be the impetus. We need to move on and speed things up. So let's go through Mansfield and Stockport County really, really quickly. <laughs> oh, no, no. This could be the last one that you go slow. <laughs> um, so... Mansfield are doing the best that they're making the most of their severely depleted squad. Stockport County are not. Mansfield won 3-2 the second half. I think County played well in the first half. The second half just fell apart. 
And bearing in mind this is a Mansfield team playing with strikers in defensive positions, you don't leave Davis Keeladun unmarked. This is a player that scored, I think, five goals now the season, one assist, leaving him on his own and not going for him aggressively is going to end badly for you. And it did. So honestly, I think you know, we we have slow starts to every season. This season is no exception. We are having the same conversations that we had this time last year. Uh, Mansfield are in seventh with two wins and three draws. Again, you know, not no one is doing universally well, but they have had a good start to the season, especially given the, their injury situation. Whether two that two strikers in defence, Hannah, as well yesterday. Yeah, it was you know, but there, you know, Oates was coming forward. So their their front three at one point was like Aikens, uh, Keeler Dunn and Oates. And they're just forcing the ball forward and pressure defensively kind of a bit more open. But once when they're coming forward and putting that much pressure on, then, you know, all credit to them for, for doing what they've achieved. Go on. I have a question. So <laughs> I just threw Grant McCann under the bus for the fitness thing and not fixing it when he's had time to fix it. Uh-huh. This is your third season with Chow. Mm-hmm. Your second full full season. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is he not fixing these poor starts? He's blaming What's on happening? everyone else. But this is, do you think that this is going to cut? Do you think, like, so you you asked me about McCann. Mm -hmm. Do you think Charles at risk right now? I think there is an awful lot of pressure on him. We had last season the same 10 games and that it was universally accepted that that slow start last year was what cost us promotion. So... I think there will be less tolerance, perhaps. But at the same time, who is going to come in? There's a week left to make transfers. So essentially, if anyone were to come in, Pete they'd Wilde. have to really, really quick decision. <laughs> uh, now, I think Pete Wilde wants to... Like, I love Pete Wilde. I love his ethos about football and everything that he stands for. And because of that, I think he wants to finish the job at Barrow. He wants to... Get progression. No, do you not think? I think it's not going to get calling. It'd be a lovely fit, I think. Pete Wilde would crawl through broken glass if Bradford or Stockport yeah. made an approach now. Yeah, I, I know this for a fact. He <laughs> would crawl through broken glass to speak to them. He has taken jobs at smaller clubs, let's be brutally honest. Because he knows he needs to prove himself. He almost had the Bradford job before Mark Hughes. He's bitterly disappointed and very, very bitter about it. So Mm. more likely to take the Stockport job than the Bradford job. I think Bradford would have Mm. a job persuading him and it probably cost us a lot of money. Pete Wilde would thrive at Stockport. And I think you guys, 
I think every club at this level should be knocking on Barrow's door and saying, "Come on, give us Pete Wells." Well, I would love him and his fist pumping. I'd go from <laughs> it being a personal grievance slash ick to bloody love him. It, it's we. You, you mentioned it. Your fans saying that the first ten games last season cost you promotion this year. Yeah. Uh, sorry, last year and. Mm-hmm. Again, that Network. looks like that. That looks like again. You're having that sort of start this year. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Mansfield. Mansfield fans said last year injuries cost them, and the size of their squad cost them. Yeah. They they brought in more injury prone players, and they've still got a small squad. So again, like we're saying, we we've got to be kind of unbiased here, I suppose. In a way, I know it's oh, like yeah. your club and things, and like I'm the same with Hughes, and like I say, I'm Hughes in, and I am Hughes in. Mm-hmm. But if I take my Bradford hat off and I look at things logically. We've gone backwards currently. Yeah. Stockport are repeating the same mistakes. Mansfield are repeating the same 100%. mistakes. This is genuinely right now looking at the league. You've got Phil Parkinson. You've got Mark Hughes. You've got Dave Challoner. You've got mm-hmm. Grant McCann. Four of the biggest managers in this league. Mm-hmm. And all four of them will probably not be here at their ex- at their respective clubs come the end of the season. Yeah. That's mad yeah. to think. Um, we are going to be busy this year. Um, but it's going to be... Here's the issue. You've got Pete Wilde at Barrow. And yeah. let's be brutally honest, Barrow are doing well. But if the person knocks on the door, he's going to speak to them. He's going to want to. Steve Evans looks like he's going to Hibs. So Stephen mm-hmm. is going to be looking for a manager. I think if we see one of those four clubs mm-hmm. sack their manager, it could cause a reaction from the others yeah. because they want... Yeah. They're not going to want to miss out on what what's available. No. Um, yeah, there's yeah. only one Wild, and there's a lot of clubs that want him. And look, we're, we're, we're throwing Pete Wild around here, and I, I get it. Like, I still think Dave Challoner is is the best manager at this level. Yeah, but Dave Challoner's at a, at a big club at this level. Pete Wild isn't. He's the only one that's not at one of those big clubs and hasn't been given a chance at one of those big clubs yeah. yet. So Charlie said on Saturday after he'd finished throwing everyone under the bus that he was expecting at least two new signings this week, possibly more, but they would depend on um, outgoings. So yeah. let's see what happens this week. On to uh, Newport County and Sutton. Yeah, uh, 3-1 to Newport. They've started life quite well this season. Um, bit of, I, don't think it, I think it's a bit of an ugly 3-1 as far as they go, but Newport looking fairly strong. I think that we're talking about fitness before and like looking ready for it and being up for the fight. Newport were all over the place, uh, just running the socks off, I think is the way that uh, Graham Coughlin put it. So, yeah, Newport are always going to be up that end of the table. I think they know the division well they're all it's a hard place to go as well rocking parade mm. and they're sudden again like i say 23rd in the league but probably not time to start panicking just yet i think you know there's still time to sort those issues out but yeah i mean again it's it's not one that's kind of gonna excite anyone i don't think i think county fans will be happy yeah. with the win uh three goals at home is always a positive but it was a bit scrappy bit niggly got the goals when they needed to uh, and yeah kind of the less said about it the better i think really just a, a cut and cut and dry three one as far as you can go 
It's funny, isn't it? Because Newport, no one expected them to be where they are at, you know, five games in. And Colt, uh, Sutton, after that first win, which blew everyone's minds and saw half their team in the team of the week, have not won since or drawn wow. actually. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where both of those are respectively in the, over the next few weeks. Right then, Notts County, Tranmere, Liam. I'm gonna I'm gonna be respectful to Notts County fans here and just blast through this game because we just had one on the six or six who said that Notts County fans are loving slipping under the radar this this season. Last season <laughs> they had a lot of pressure on them. So look, Notts County blew Tranmere away. Um, I genuinely think Tranmere are in more trouble than they think they are. I mm -hmm. think that they went and I keep saying it they went for the cheap option as a manager. They brought yeah. in good players. But you can own a Tesla if you don't have a driving license. It's pointless. <laughs> so there's no like you can have the best players if you don't have someone who knows what to do with them. It doesn't make a difference. I think Tramia are in more trouble than they believe that they are. I think they will get sucked into this massively. I, if I had to put money on the actual manager to go first, it would be Tramia's manager. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. I genuinely think so. They are playing. The uh, thing is, the, the football's appalling, and they're in Merseyside. I'm just going to put that out there before that fan comes at me and tells me that Tramia is not in Merseyside again. Yeah, yeah. Something like Merseyside, isn't it? Well, see, it's not. It's it's, 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 it's literally Merseyside. No, I know. Literally, is in Merseyside. But look, not count it. Slipping under the radar for a lot of people this season. They came up with Wrexham. Wrexham came with a fanfare. Notts County made some phenomenal signings in the summer. And, yeah, look at them. They're, they're, they're sat up in fourth place. They'll be delighted. I'm delighted for them. I really like Notts County as a club. They went through a lot yeah. of shit all those years ago when they, they got that takeover that didn't actually happen. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've been through it since. I like Notts County. Notts County fans are happy to slip under the radar, and I'm going to respect that for them, and I'm not going to give too much... <laughs> analysis on it but i'm going to keep my eye on at my eye on tramia because i think if tramia stick with that manager tramia are down for me this season I, just, okay. I, I said it when i said it when they appointed him yeah yeah so next up is uh salford accrington accrington one two one when the scores were coming in on saturday i kept expecting salford's comeback because mm -hmm. like other teams in the league, they are very good at recovering. And they yeah. didn't. They got a penalty. Their goal was a penalty in the 88th minute. Callum Hendry hit the bar, I think. They were awful in the first half. Better in the second half. Cairns, uh, there was a weird goalkeeping defender error that led to Accrington's second goal. But, I mean, Accrington are in third on 10 points. Again, had a really solid start to the season. I think Salford are missing Elliot Watts. But Massively. Massively. Summer Ashley's back. I think they... They just seem to, much in the same way as Stockport, just misfiring and slightly if, erratic. If Gary Neville was still as involved with Salford as he was 12 months ago, their manager would be getting sacked. 
and they wouldn't be complaining about refereeing decisions. <laughs> no, their, their manager, their manager would be getting sacked. Um, they, they, oh, he he was so trigger happy, but mm. we, you know we know now that Gary Neville's not as well, they, involved there. They said that about Graham Alexander, didn't they? That you know, in retrospect, they should have held on to him. Absolutely, Imagine yeah. sacking Graham Alexander at a League yeah. Two club. You should be honoured that Graham yeah. Alexander came to your League Two club. Look, I yeah. like Stockport. Stockport have become kind of our second team. I know we really like them. Oh, but... not Stockport. I mean, you can Sorry. have Stockport as your second team if you want. But... Sorry, Sorry Salford. Um, but Salford, <laughs> to me, Stockport are becoming your second team. Um, <laughs> but Salford, sorry, have become our second team. And it's like, like we like everyone at the club. They've, they've yeah, got a really nice, lovely, nice, nice atmosphere. People. And but yeah, I, I think if Gary Neville was more involved, he's stepped back. Mm. I know Nicky Butts running things now. He's the CEO, yeah. and he yeah. seems to be a lot more patient. They would have sacked for being if, given what they should be doing as a if not now before 10 games. If this form carries on, they would have sacked him. But yeah, they're, they're missing Elliot Watt massively, yeah. and. Um, look, he's he's out until October at the earliest. Yeah, he's not going to go into why and stuff, but he's, he's yeah. yeah, he's got he and, and when he comes back, he needs time to yeah, get time back to where he was. Yeah, like a phased return almost. Recovery is going to be long. I've got a proposition. I think we should go to Walsall Grimsby with Stephen, just so you can end on your inevitable Jake Young loving Liam. Oh. <laughs> Stephen, tell us about Walsall and Grimsby. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just to start off by saying there was a really nice moment in this game. So a uh, charity called uh, the Free Kicks Foundation, uh, they let a little seven-year-old lad called Reggie Aslin uh, lead the team out. Uh, only young and he's had a few sort of heart conditions, led to a few strokes mm -hmm. uh, and they managed to like sort of get him and, a, and another young lad uh, who led Warsaw out as well. So nice moment kind of outside of football, bigger than like, the game itself was a uh, really nice touch. Game finished 1-1, another Abo Isa screamer. He's having his own little goal <laughs> competition all of his own. Um, Can he score? Infuriating. Like it's infuriating. <laughs> Can he score like tapping scrappy goals, or is it only the uh, just purely screamers? I think, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. you know, Hannah, he couldn't then. shoot at Bradford. Well, I heard, I heard your Thanos uh, analogy last week, Liam, and I think this is maybe it's just a, a multiverse, uh, you know, this is a, a, an ESA variant who's can, who can do it from anywhere, <laughs> really. but... And we've yeah, got him it, coming up in two weeks' time, and you know full well what he's going to do. Yeah, he, he's he's a conference player, isn't he? Probably, I, I probably like snap him. his leg at, Bra at Valley Parade. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, he's he's never really done too well on the injury front, and it's kind of nice to see him uh, playing well, confident. Uh, you know, up for hitting a ball from outside the mm. box. Mm -hmm. um, that, there's there's a slight worry as a town fan that when they dry up, which they inevitably will, um, where do the goals come from there? Danny Rose hasn't quite started life at town as well as he has done at other places. Uh, he knows the division well. He's a good goal scorer, but it, it's not a bad result on the road, on paper, for town. But when it, it's probably the third time this season where we've let points slip away. Uh, it's a bit of a scrappy finish for Warsaw to equalise. But if you look at the stats, and, and I watched the game, they were more than good value for the draw. I think they, on another day, they could have gone and won it. So 
to, to, you know, to go to the best got and, and get a point's never too bad. But mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting one. But they did really good business in the summer. Um, I, I do think that Hearst is, has got a good steady team there. And there's a few standout players from the transfer window that we got in. But again, it, it's it's a bit too early to sort of be maybe panicking. But I do think that if Aboisa isn't scoring well, these uh, on tap, then those one ones or one nils might turn into nil ones, and you know it's mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a tricky one, really. Yeah, right. Go on then. Me. <laughs> so I'm going to take you all back to June. I went on the Fools Rushing podcast. Um, friends of the show. I love I love the guys over there. Um, and I was asked, "What do you think we need to do?" To get into to, to basically improve as a team, and I sat and I said, "Go sign Jake Young." I said, "Go to Bradford and get Jake Young." And every single time, I was asked all summer by Swindon fans, "Who do you think we should sign?" I said, "Jake Young." Go get Jake Young. Jake Young will do phenomenal at Swindon. Swindon went and got Jake Young, and on Saturday, Swindon scored. Sorry, Jake Young scored the same amount of goals in. 25 minutes as Bradford have <laughs> in five games <laughs> and got an assist. He is on seven goals and three assists in, I think, overall, it's, it's, it's over the period of three games. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. So on Saturday, it was so depressing because we sat and watched us struggle to get a 1-0 win against Crew. We made it so difficult for ourselves. I watched... Jake Young score four and get an assist. I watched Aboisa score. I watched Amari Patrick score. I It was a who's who of former Bradford players scoring. And we weren't. Jake Young, I genuinely think he's a phenomenal player. I really do. He has gone from being unable to get in Bradford's preseason squad to being top scorer in the league. Right now, he is the most informed player in Europe. Ryan, producer Ryan has just said Dan Kemp unlocks him. He's right. He needs a Dan Kemp. We have mm-hmm. a Dan Kemp in Jamie Walker at Bradford. Jamie Walker could do the same. And we've also got uh, Clark Edouard, who, again, could do the same. But he's not been given the chance. Swindon are thriving mm-hmm. right now. And that front three of Austin, Dan Kemp and Jake Young is incredible. And what you're seeing is, Swindon fans are saying it, everyone's doubling up on Charlie Austin. Mm-hmm. And it's leaving Jake Young free. And he, he's got no business as being in that division, Charlie Austin. You know, it's, it's incredible. I, think he does. I don't I don't I don't think Charlie Austin is what they think he is or what they've no. been. I, I think he is kind of suited to this level now, and that's not a bad thing, you know. He's he's getting older, but Jake Young for me and Dan Kemp are Huge for Swindon. The worry is both of them are on loan. January, their, their season could just end. Yeah. Bradford will recall Jake Young. I don't believe that they'll sell Jake. Jake Young, we did this with uh, Owen Doyle when he came. He went on loan to Swindon, was the league's top scorer. We called him back in January. And after a game, we sold him to Swindon because he didn't want to be at Bradford. Jake Young, mm. Jake, Jake Young likes being at Bradford. Um He's a local lad. He's got two years left on his contract, and they, we've got an option on him as well. 
without look, I'm not slagging off Mark Hughes here, but I don't believe Mark Hughes stays beyond his contract. Jake Young mm. will be here after Mark Hughes, and I think he will be given his his opportunity. Yeah. If we recall Jake Young in January, and he's still in the form he's in now, Jake Young has to start for us. Um, and he, he, he's hungry to perform for Bradford, so I think he'll be all right. Um, look, they absolutely dominated. Scott Lindsay was made to look silly after his real EFL comments. <laughs> the last week when he spoke about why people think that they're going to get spanked or you know, they've signed he says we've signed non-league players well you got found out on Saturday you, you really did um, it was a domination from I'd say from minute 15 Swin, uh, Crawley could have gone two up do you think there's any danger for Swindon if the players are recalled? Because obviously it's, it's all going quite well at the moment um, if, they, if they do lose that threat up front do you see it? being sustainable for them? Or? They've got to... So what they've got to do is they've got to have the best first half of the season they possibly can so that if they are recalled, they're an attractive prospect to players so that they can go out and they can try and bring someone else in that's going to take that place. I think they'll sign Dan Kemp in January or I don't think MK Dons will recall him. What I can't understand about MK Dons is that their fans have said every time Kemp's played for them, he hasn't performed. However, he's not play for them at a League Two level. And he's showing that he can do it at a League Two level. So if I'm an MK Dons fan, I'm saying we call him in January. Let's give him January to see what he can do for us at a League Two level. And then we, we move him on if not. I think they'll end up with Dan Kemp. I don't think they'll end up with Jake Young. That They'll need someone else. And I think it's key to them having a... They've got to have an amazing first half of the season and then they'll be able to go out in January and they'll have the pick of the strikers that are available. So they'll say, mm. come and play for us. Look at what we're doing. We're smashing it. Um, Crawley looked bad. Crawley looked lost. They looked directionless. They looked like they just didn't know what positions they were supposed to be and players were falling over each other. Like I say, the first 10 minutes, they had some chances and then after that, it just it became the Swindon show. I think we saw the Crawley we expected to see this season and I don't believe 6-0 will be the worst result they have this season. Well, they've got Stockport on Saturday. So let's hope we see the same Crawley two weekends in a row. But otherwise, we we've got Mansfield and Bradford next Saturday. I'm, that feels like a big one. Can I just say, so I spoke to Mansfield fans tonight. Whenever we play at Mansfield, one team dominates always. It's never an, it's never a close game. One team mm -hmm. dominates. I'm confident going to Mansfield because we always turn up. But I'm really glad I'm not going. I'm going to Centre Parks this weekend, so no Crawley for me either. <laughs> so, so I go to this festival every year, the first Saturday and Sunday of September with my missus. It's this thing she's done since she was a kid, and I've, I always, I always miss the first September game. The last three that I've missed, or the only three that I've missed Bradford for, we've won two one. <laughs> Good end. So, so we're either going to win two one or we're going to lose three nil. <laughs> that's that's, that's um, for me. Tranmere Wrexham, that's about as good as a derby as it gets, isn't it for them? Yeah, forty minutes down the road. Yeah, that could be Who a morning. Stephen, 
So we play City's under-21s in the Cup midweek, which is probably a mm-hmm. team that could finish about sixth in the Prem. So that's rather the thought of that. And then uh, we've got Gillingham at home, which is... Uh, it was a, it was a, a worry a week ago. Obviously, they've just been humbled a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. But yeah, it's, you're in it's, our group, aren't you? You're in our Papa John's Trophy group, aren't you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Cause we, we at Grimsby Bradford, and we've got Man City under twenty ones in the same group. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting watch, I think. But yeah, so Gillingham at home uh, next for us in the league. Uh, you know, if, if Gillingham want to sort of like put a stamp on what they're going to do this season, I think they need to go to Bundle Park and get three points after, after getting kind of humbled at home three nil. Um, one all, going one all. I'll, you know, I'll take I'll take that at this stage. I'll take that at this stage. Who else have we got coming up this weekend? Hannah, you've got Crawley. What do you know what, Hannah? Be, be, be bold. Give us a prediction. I know you don't like to do it. Give us a prediction on no. Crawley. Come on. Just, just give us a... You don't have to say who to, but just say the score. 2-1. Mm, 2-1 <laughs> to, to stop, or I agree. Um, mm. I, think, I think it'll be more than that. I don't think stop uh, Crawley score. So, looking at... I'm going to read you quickly the predi- the score, the games for the weekend. Mm. Tramia Wrexham, Crew NK Dons, Doncaster mm-hmm. Swindon, Grimsby Gillingham, Harrogate Barrow, Ansfield Bradford, Morecambe Salford, Newport Wimbledon, Notts County Accrington, Stockport Crawley, Sutton Forest Green, and Walsall Colchester. Who's your game of the week? Who do you think is going to be the big game in terms of the result? And if it's not Doncaster Swindon, why? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a motive. Oh. It's probably going to have the I most eyes on it. This weekend, I said this about this weekend last week, didn't I? I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's just a bit meh. And look mm. how it ended up. So, But again, I think if we looked at, if last weekend we looked at this weekend's fixtures with a little bit more, we'd have probably picked Swindon Crawley because of the Scotland. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you pointed out because of the whole Scotland's link. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, Notts County, Accrington as well, got the potential to be tasty. You know, mm. need, need a team particularly strong defensively, but quite good going forward. And then, uh, yeah, Mansfield, Bradford, I th- it's it's an interesting one. that, Like uh, Hannah said earlier, Mansfield, when they go forward, they look really sort of dangerous. And it's a worry when they're, they're sort of flying at you, the, the, the yellow arrows, I suppose we'd call them. But, um, yeah, it... it would you? I know you're saying it's never, never a close uh, run thing. It's either one sided. What, what are you predicting for your your Mansfield Bradford next week? What do you think? Yeah, Liam, I'm giving my scores. I said I've got a head and a heart one. So a heart says two one Bradford. Head says three nil Mansfield. Um, but again, it, it will. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mansfield fans have said the same. We always turn up at Mansfield. Always, always, always turn up at Mansfield. Um, I'm more excited for the week after. I'm not excited for this Saturday's games. I'm excited for the Saturday after Grimsby at home. I, I can't wait. It's on Sky. We're gonna have a great time. Um, yeah, huge game. And it, that leads us on to Rosette. Now, if we do Rosette, like, well, I don't think we've got time to do Rosette. Have we not got time? All right. Okay. Well, I'll keep my grievance. Hold, just hold on to it. Let it fester for another oh, week. Oh, it's festered. Oh, it's festered. Oh, Excellent. it's hate. I can't wait. Your, your well, that, that's something for... Why don't you... 
say what it is, and then we can collect. Because I'll, I'll get sacked. <laughs> oh no, say what it is on here. I thought you meant like separate, and we'll publicize it. Um, well, no, that's what I was going to say. Let's 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 collect input over the next okay. week, and then we'll do it properly next. We'll put some time aside. Maybe we'll start with it because we always run out of time at the moment for Rosette. Okay. So, so what it is really quickly is clubs having sponsorship on absolutely everything. Now on Saturday, Bradford <laughs> introduced a ball carrying remote control bus. Oh, I saw, oh, I saw that. that. This was great. <laughs> Everyone was confused. Um, don't get me wrong, like I was so excited, but at the same time, I was like, no, come on, we're in League Two. And then at the same time, I thought, hang on, we're on Sky next week. Yeah, but also, surely it's because I've said this to you. I've asked you whether you had one of these before because of the shirt sponsor. Please tell me it's related to them. Oh, it's them that's bought it. JCT six hundred. Yeah, it's yes. got, it's it's the JCT six hundred bus. It's huge. It's massive. I don't. I was genuinely shocked. It didn't leave like tire tracks on the pitch. It looked as it left the pitch. It looked like it was a bit unsteady as well. Right. Like a bit. Oh, the, players, the players didn't move out of the way. So well, the, the, crew, the crew lad who picked up the board didn't have a clue what was going on, did he? He just sort of no, turned around and saw this little car. Yeah, so Drysdale came out with the ball and gave the like gave the ball to the, the guy with the bus and then it got put into the bus and then they went and did the, the, the coin toss and then Drysdale sort of signalled and the, it came on and everybody went, oh, and then you heard the, what the, you know, is that? <laughs> right. So the question is, what is the most random sponsorship like item that can be sponsored at your football club? Let's do yeah. some. We'll go on that. Yeah, I just I feel like there's just certain things that just aren't really necessary. I get that a lot of clubs going to accept money for sponsorship, and that's I'm not knocking the club on it, but I just why. <laughs> so you can tweet us at the real EFL. No, real EFL social, social. The real EFL news for your latest League Two updates, especially as we come into the end of the transfer window. Cracking. Before You've got a six six on Friday. Right, right. Uh, deadline day transfer. 606 special starting at 8 p.m. Last year it went until last year was midnight. mega. I think yeah, it was the Curdy going, wasn't it? And it was whether the yeah. paperwork had gone through. That was the midnight. It was drama. half past one in the morning when they announced yeah. it. And I was still going at half one in the morning. But yeah, I look, there's no there's no big rumors at the minute. Armstrong's probably the biggest one. Um, mm. but we're not hearing anything this year. Like we've not really fine. got any insiders. Chamador, yeah, but even he's not a big one, as in like he's not going to attract a lot of people to stay on till late. It, McCurdy was eyes. Um, we'll see what happens. It'll go until probably 11 ish, I reckon, this year. But it's always a good laugh. Come on, because we talk about all the stupid transfer rumors that you hear, and we just basically laugh at Aaron Challoner because he tells us Donnie are going to sign six and then they sign none. It's beautiful. <laughs> and hopefully, he'll be sat in the car park for most of it. As well, last year, so last year we actually made him go, uh -huh. and he went, to, he went, he went to the ground, and he <laughs> went live at the ground, and he messaged me going, "I'm live," and I went on. I was like, "Chow, they don't do it at the ground; they do it at the training ground." 
<laughs> so then he had to end his lie and go to the training ground. Bear in mind, child wouldn't drive. So nice. he had to get on bus with his camera <laughs> to the training ground. And then they signed nobody. Oh, it was mm. wonderful. So uh, I'll be holed up at Centre Parks being antisocial, hanging out with you guys on Friday night. So are you going to do, because I always mess it up, so you can do the the ending. Thank you. So goodbye. Um, oh, yeah. But guys, thank you for tuning in. Stephen, thank you for coming on. It's been great to have you. We, we yeah, love having guests you. on and it gives us a bit of a break as well because it means we don't have to learn 50% of what's happened. So it's nice to give you guys something to do. Oh, it's been but a pleasure. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. Um, if you've watched on YouTube, subscribe like it whatever you do on there if it's apple music amazon spotify whatever they do give us a five star rating if you've liked it if you haven't tell us why but still give us a five star rating we can improve upon you know if you've got things you want us to improve on we can but you can't change i don't think change your rating so you're kind of screwing us at that point so you know give us the five star give us some constructive feedback and we'll be good um and vote for us in the football content awards I'll let Hannah do that one because I don't like asking. <laughs> oh, I've got no shame. It's self-indulgent. It's like it's on well, the you back were the self-indulgent one. I was turgid. Oh, sure. Um yeah. Yeah. So, no, I'm very yeah. yeah, I am very look. If you like us, vote for us. If we're good enough, we'll win it. Yeah, that's what what Liam said. But other than that, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Um, I don't know if we're yeah. going to stick to Sundays. I quite liked doing this, so maybe we will. Um, it is late. Yeah, I know. Hannah, listen, you've got a free Monday evening. I know. Woohoo! Chris Festival. Chris Festival. Thank you very yeah. much, guys. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then late on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.